Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. This is Dan Hoare. Join Dave Lapham and me for Bengals Game Plan tonight, starting at 6 on the official home of the Bengals, yes. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. That is the best show about the Bengals anywhere, and it's on as soon as we're done. We are the uh, the warm-up act for the Dan and Dave Lapham, Lapham, Hoard and Lapham, huh? Hi, my name is Mo Egger, and uh, this is ESPN 1530. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you for listening. Can I just uh, very quickly here, <clears throat> just maybe my my guy Taryn Bland can answer this question for me. You know, I uh, I don't broadcast from this room on Tuesdays because I'm at the uh, Moreline Logger House, and I don't broadcast from this room on Mondays because uh, we're at Twin Peaks. And uh, I wasn't here Sunday. I wasn't here Saturday. And uh, on Fridays, Bengals pep rally takes over, so we don't have a show. So I have not sat in front of this microphone since last Thursday. Uh, Taryn, can you or somebody else explain why this microphone smells so bad? Uh, you might better talk to one of the other hosts. Uh, been in that I've got to sit there with this in my face for the next three hours. This smells awful. Th- this microphone is the smell equivalent of how the Bengals offense played on Sunday in Cleveland. Now That's the, funny. Then we had that same problem at the other studio. We did the, the microphone, but it's like that that microphone was old. We you know they had, we had like the same microphone for close to twenty years. Here the 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 studios are still new ish. Oh, this is awful. So I'm gonna have to figure out what to do, Taryn. I, I need you to. Uh, we might have to like get our own microphone that I hook up and and don't share with anybody else because this is. I don't know what Tony did to it. I don't know if it was Wayne Boxmiller. I have no idea, but this thing is rank. All right. Uh, uh, I, I'm glad you let me get that off my chest. In about uh, 25 minutes, we're going to chat with uh, Lee Steinberg. Lee Steinberg is one of the most famous sports agents ever. And a guy who uh, negotiated contracts with the Bengals in his uh, previous life. He is going to join us to talk about the Joe Burrow contract and Maybe what could happen with uh, T. Higgins. Uh, We'll have that conversation coming up at uh, 335. Full show preview available on my Twitter feed at Moegger. The Delta Dental Twitter feed. Delta Dental is building healthy, smart, vibrant communities for all. DeltaDentalOH.com. Whoever has been sitting in front of this microphone needs to go to a dentist. Uh, All right. Uh, It's time, though, before we do anything else, it's a Wednesday. NFL head coaches have press conferences, most of them on Wednesdays, because there are no more important group of people in this country than football coaches. Three press conferences a week. So it's time now for the contractually obligated airing of Bengals head coach Zach Taylor and his weekly Wednesday press conference. Time for the Zach Taylor Press Conference. Brought to you in part by your local client master dealers, Grandstetter's Kangaroo, Infinity of Northern Kentucky, and by Modern Office Methods on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. I think we're good. Um, there, there might be a couple situations as we get through practice where guys are, are maybe limited, maybe full go, but I, I feel like we're in a really good spot um, going into this week. Looking at this Ravens defense, 
defense? What's so challenging about facing them? They're smart. Uh, they got a lot of talent, first of all. I think they do a good job with their scheme. Uh, they're really smart. And then anytime you play a divisional opponent that, that knows you well and you know them well, that's always a chess match as well. So, um, again, they, they've done a good job investing in the front, you know, with some draft picks on the edge. Um, I think their interior is really good, you know. Um, I think Pierce and Matabuki have just continued to get better and better in their problems and uh, Broderick Washington in there. And so they, they got a good interior. Um, their linebackers are, are, you know, as good as any in the league. Um, they've invested there as well. And then I think Kyle Hamilton's really coming to his own as a safety. I think he's a really good safety. They got really good guys, again, that they've drafted and developed. And and uh, all those, Brandon Stevens and Darius Washington and all those guys. And um, obviously Darby's played a lot. I played against him in Buffalo years ago. So, um, and then, you know, they got they got things that they'll they'll have a good, good um, way to figure at safety. You know, they got some guys in there, Geno Stone, who's played ball for them. So, um, I, I think it's a really good defense that causes you a lot of problems and they can really disrupt the quarterback's timing and, and they do a good job against the run game and uh, they do a good job mixing up their schemes. Yeah, the playoff game maybe as good of a game as any defense had against you guys all year. What did you learn? Just from Say that one more time. Sorry, I missed it. The playoff game maybe as good as any defense played against you guys all year. What did you learn kind of about uh, your offense based on how you responded? Well, we had three possessions in the first half. Scored a touchdown, kicked a field goal, and fumbled. You know, so it, what it tells you is when you play them, the, the possessions are so precious and... And so, again, they've got an explosive offense. Uh, they really excel in the kicking game. You know, their kicker obviously is a, is a huge weapon, and uh, they got great returners as well. So um, they do a good job playing complementary football. You know, they, they play to their strengths. They've always had a really sound defense, and uh, they limit the explosives. They can create explosives with their offense with all the talent they got. And then in the kicking game, they always do a really good job. So um, those are some of the challenges. We, we've seen it a lot recently. We played them twice, you know, in the last three games we've on our tape, um, their tape, I guess. So, um, you know, they've always done a good job. Are you able to provide any insight into the decision yesterday to release Lyle Collins? It's tough. You know, there's never a great time. Um, you know, he, he worked really hard for us and um, had a lot of respect for LC and the way he went about his business and um, obviously gave us some some really good uh, snaps last year until the injury. Um, enjoyed being around LC and he's one of those guys that just loves ball and you enjoy being around him. So um, never a great time, but that was, that's, that's a tough one. More of a business decision, Zach? You know, there's just, uh, what I can say is there's never a great time to do it. And it sucks when you ever tell a guy like that, bye. Does, does Deontay's development play into that decision at all? I think Deontay had a good camp for us. And so again, as we continue to develop guys like Deontay and Jackson and, um, those guys that can give us good tackle reps if needed, you know, we're, we feel good about our depth there. Do you see, do you see Ford as a tackle? He can play tackle. He can play both. You know, he can play guard. He's gotten reps at tackle. Um, again, another guy that we thought had a really good camp. What you were talking about before with the, the divisional opponent, you know him so well. Is it when you're playing a team that has a new coordinator like you did last week and now again this week, is it, does it, does it have a little bit more of an unpredictability where it doesn't quite feel like that full division? I was thinking for, did they change the day coordinator? No, no, uh, no, you're talking about an offense. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. There's always that unknown there of things they got in their back pocket. Um, you know, obviously with the guy coming from, from he's been in the NFL, but coming from college to the NFL is always, um, you know, as you sort it out, but I think our guys have done a good job coming through it and have a good plan in place. And, and then again, you just got to be ready to react as you go over the course of the game, especially early in the season. Brian spoke about like the offensive line ability to make in-game adjustments. Week one, how impressive was that to see with yeah. week one? You know, kind of being a challenge. Yeah, they. I mean, that's that's what you get from having a veteran group like we have. 
Um, and even Cordell feels like a veteran in there in his second year. They, they see it. They immediately know what, um, what a good answer is. We're assessing it on the sidelines with the iPads as well and usually come to a pretty quick uh, conclusion. And, and so it's, the communication is very easy with those guys. I think you guys just talked about what's exactly what's the line. Uh, who, who are you talking about? Uh, the Browns. The Browns. Okay. I, I think you guys handled it. I thought he handled it well. I mean, it's we, we were ID'd correctly. Um, they hit us with one Fonzie at the end of the game, and then they got us in a five-man protection when Jake was in there. Um, so th- those free runners weren't really the responsibility of, of guys we had in the protection. So I thought we were ID'd right. Um, they've got a great front, and they, they got really – um, good scheme behind it. So it, it prevents challenges, but I thought our guys responded the right way and handled it the right way. This has been the Zach Taylor Press Conference on ESPN wow. 1530, wow. the official home of the Bengals. All right, there you go, 14 minutes after 3 o'clock. Taryn, is that, a, uh, is that a record for brevity? Is that a record for the shortest Zach Taylor Press Conference that we have had? Uh, that clocked in, uh, according to my unofficial timer, at about, what, uh, seven minutes? 502. 502. Wow. A five minute Zach Taylor press conference. Was there anybody missing today that normally bogs things down with a bunch of questions? Interesting. Well, thank you very much to the assembled uh, pro football media for uh, helping us stay on time. By the way, I got a new microphone. I don't know if it's brand new, but now we can do the show. And uh, I don't have to worry about that stinky mic. I have a brand new mic. I might be taking this microphone with me wherever I go so nobody else can use it. I hope it sounds good. Uh, but I'm, I'm very, very happy. All right. Uh, quarter after three, famous, famed, renowned, well-known sports agent Lee Steinberg is going to join us in 20 minutes uh, for his perspective on uh, the Burrow deal and the quarterback market and the wide receiver market since, well... Uh, that's going to be something we spend a lot of time talking about with uh, T. Higgins' long-term contractual uncertainty. We'll go to Baltimore in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Ravens, injury-wise, are already kind of a mess again. Lamar Jackson was okay against the Texans, but there's something in that game that Baltimore played on Sunday that stands out to me more than anything. We are going to spend some time on that uh, a little bit later on. This Lael Collins thing, let's... Let's be weirdos. I'll explain next on ESPN 1530. No one covers the Bengals like ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station. 22 after 3, this is ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger. Thank you so much for joining us. If uh, you missed yesterday with uh, Paul Daner Jr., you can find that on the iHeartRadio app or on my page at ESPN1530.com. Podcasts of our show, a service of Longneck Sports Grill with three locations in Northern Kentucky, the perfect place to watch football this season, college or pro. Longneck Sports Grill. Uh, good stuff from Paul yesterday. We we had our conversation shortly before we found out the Bengals were cutting Lyle Collins. And I, I don't I don't know that you can necessarily criticize the Bengals for cutting Lyle Collins. I mean, you know, let's face it, he wasn't starting. He wasn't great last year. Uh, they have other tackles. Um, who knows how good Lyle would have been? Who knows how far he is away from being able to help? Had he had had something happen to Jonah Williams? or Orlando Brown last week against uh, Cleveland, it wasn't like Lyle Collins was going to be the first guy to rush in and and fill the spot. Uh, and so they, they cut a backup player, an expensive backup player, and so I don't know that you can criticize them. 
Uh, you know, everybody's wondering about the timing and the motivation. Why did they do it? And maybe they have full confidence in Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith. Maybe they have no confidence that Lyle Collins is going to be able to come back and play at a, at a high enough level. Maybe there's something they want to do with the money they have saved. Perhaps this is simply business and financially driven. Th- those things are all possibilities. And I, I don't expect the Bengals to come out and, and outline for you specifically why they cut a guy. And the timing behind decisions like cutting a guy like Lyle Collins. You are being fair, even with Lyle Collins, if you worry about this offensive line's depth, because I do. I worried about it last week. I'm worrying about it now. Uh, You are being fair if you thought, okay, well, Lyle Collins might not be a, a, a good enough player to start for this team when he's healthy, but that's a pretty good insurance policy. The key free agent signing of last year is your insurance policy at a position where he's backing up a guy that's got a reasonably extensive injury history. That's pretty good. By the way, I'll pay a lot for good insurance. I'm not buying insurance out of the back of a van. So expensive insurance might be a bit of a luxury. Lyle Collins was a bit of a luxury, but I'm for it. And that's what we were saying a week ago, and now he's not on the team anymore. I'm not a uh, a tinfoil hat guy. I think that's well-established. I... Genuinely don't like folks who defer to conspiracy theories. Somebody sent me a video the other day of a guy trying to outline why the moon landing was fake. No interest. Sorry. Send it to somebody else. But this, I can't help it. Maybe I'm wrong. Won't be the first time if I am. There's something else in play here. Like, if you want to say this is financially driven, okay. Like, so they just suddenly... Suddenly, almost overnight, decided to take a different look at their books and save seven million bucks. By the way, there's there's merit to that idea, whether it's money you want to use now or money you want to roll over to next year. Not a criticism if that's the motivation. But suddenly, uh, 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 just. A week after the season starts, two weeks after cutdown day, suddenly, you know what? Actually, come to think, we're going to go ahead and save that money. Come on. Come on. Or it could be a show of confidence in the other two guys who could play tackle, Smith and Carmen. And maybe those guys are right now better players than than Lael Collins. Jackson Carmen was inactive on Sunday. So they've gone from... Jackson Carmen's inactive in the first game to suddenly he's the guy if something happens to Jonah Williams. Suddenly, two weeks after cutdown day, when they've played one game, they have a different look or a different viewpoint, a different opinion of Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith. Come on. I mean, come on. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a locker room issue. Maybe it's a team culture issue. Maybe it's a league issue. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's a legal issue because I think that's a little unfair, but come on. And again, this is not a criticism of the Bengals by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I think we will all have a better idea of whether or not this was the right thing to do. First of all, if Lyle Collins resurfaces somewhere and plays well. Secondly, if when they need backup tackles if the guys who are still here play well like if 
Let's say Jackson Carmen ends up having to play extensively at right tackle for uh, injury reasons, and he plays really well. We're going to go, you know what? The Bengals got it right. Jackson Carmen was the better and less expensive player. Um, I just, there's something else here. I have no clue what it is. I've run this past a lot of people. I've run this past folks who are reporting on Lyle Collins, and I go like, all right, does, does everything add up here? It's rare that I get a yes. And so just for curiosity's sake, I really hope we find out. And, and again, m- maybe it's something as pure and as basic as they wanted to save the money. Maybe it's something as pure and as basic as, you know what? Upon further review, we're good with the backup tackles we have. I just don't believe that an organization like this, which doesn't do things quick trigger which doesn't you know, reverse course overnight, which doesn't quickly pivot from one direction to the other, is after a game going to go, actually, you know what? We're going to move on from Lyle Collins. There is, I'm sorry, and I, I'm not going to make up what it is because I don't know. There's something else that just, as a renowned national talk show host would say, say it out loud. Two weeks after cutdown day, they're suddenly going to cut a guy that last year was the prize of the offseason. In favor of a of a couple of very unproven backup tackles who had to scratch and claw to make the team. Suddenly overnight they're going to move on, without there being any sort of thing that would trigger them moving on from Leal Collins. I I just I don't believe that. And again, I, I don't say this is at all as a criticism. It's just really interesting to me, and I'm not going to be surprised if we find out maybe down the road that there was something else there. Uh, 29 minutes after 3 o'clock. By the way, we can take phone calls today, 513-749-1530 and uh, 866-702-3776. We have to get to uh, two questions about Joe Burrow. We also have to talk about what happened last night, which might have been the greatest baseball night in years uh, in this town. Reds are now a game out of the wild card, getting set to play the Tigers again tonight. But first, we spent all offseason talking about the Joe Burrow deal, what it might look like how it's getting done, what took so long, and what's next for the team, what's next for Joe. Uh, And I said, when this comes to an end, I want to get somebody on who can give us some insight into the process. I can't think of anybody better than famed sports agent Lee Steinberg. He is going to join us next on ESPN 1530. The Bengals and Ravens go at it in the Cincy home opener. Coverage begins Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. 26 from 4, this is ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger. We'll get to sports headlines in a few because I don't want to make our guest wait. So as the, the Joe Burrow contract negotiations went on, uh, we often said when this is over, uh, I'm I'm interested in in talking about you know how the deal went down, what it looks like, and what might be next for the Bengals, for the quarterback market, and and even for Joe. And so, uh, true to my word, we got somebody who I think has more insight into how these deals get done than maybe anybody alive. Somebody who has uh, sat at the negotiating table across from uh, Mike Brown and the family, and uh, has negotiated billions of dollars worth of uh, football contracts, among other sports. Uh, The inspiration for Jerry Maguire, the great Lee Steinberg, is with us. It's uh, so good to have you, Lee. How are you? Thank you. Doing well. Um, This process, we talk so much about contracts and what they might look like and what, what a player should sign for, and yet... 
we're never in the room. We're never in the negotiating room. What is the biggest thing about processes like these that maybe we as fans don't understand? So the first thing is length or term. In other words, the hardest thing to find in football is a franchise quarterback. And that's someone you can build around for 10 to 12 years. You can win because of rather than with and who in critical circumstances when everything's against him can elevate his level of play and take a team to victory. And Joe Burrow is all of that. And so the first concept you look at is how long can we lock him down? So he, in this, uh, contract is uh, uh, will play for the Bengals for seven more years and probably his whole career. So that's the first thing. It's stability. It's a message to the other players. This is our guy. We're building around him. If you do as well as he does, has done, then we will pay you handsomely. The second concept is is how much money is guaranteed. And I haven't seen the contract. I was told that it's got in the high 200s and guaranteed money. And so that would be very critical. And we're talking about skill guarantee, meaning that if he were to be cut, they would still owe him the guaranteed money. If he suffered a career-ending injury, they'd still owe him uh, the money. So he got a lot of that. And um, it's cap reasonable. So that the other consideration is, as much as someone like Joe Burrow wants to max out the market, he also wants to make sure he has the best supporting cast around him. And so you have to look at how it impacts the cap. So um, there are years in which um, um, uh, he's doing $27 million. That's pretty good against, a $225 million cap. That's a tenth of the cap. That's much better than contracts that could be a fifth of the cap or more. It makes it possible to sign other players uh, for the long term. And an ambitious player really wants to go to the Super Bowl. So it's got that quality, too. It also was done well from the standpoint it wasn't publicly negotiated. Um, they didn't have the problems like a Lamar Jackson had. The first time you really knew much about the contractors are sitting there with happy smiles on their face. So that was a win uh, both ways. So um, I think Cincinnati understood that they have something very special. And uh, Mike Brown, you saw, always teased me that he uh, had a weak spot for quarterbacks. And uh, you look at what's happened with the Bengals since Burrow arrived, and it's pretty special. So um, this is a case where they took care of the player. They locked him down for a number of years to guarantee enough, but the cap hits for the first couple of years are fine. Um, on the player side of it, when you're when you're representing a player, specifically a quarterback, and you know they want to be the highest paid guy at their position. If you're Joe Burrow, you can certainly understand uh, why 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 he would want to do that. At the same time, there is the the pull of well, let's leave some money for some of his teammates. The Bengals want to sign T. Higgins. We'll see if they can. They obviously are going to have to pay Jamar Chase. Uh, when when you're the agent and you're dealing with a player who is, to a degree, maybe sort of caught in the middle, what are those conversations like? 
So it's all a matter of being creative in the structure of the contract to try to produce the maximum amount of money and the lowest cap hit. And so it's being creative in, in terms of structure and the rest of it. Normally what happens in these contracts is when the salaries get really big, they just call in the quarterback again, uh, replace salary uh, with signing bonus. Uh, that drops the cap number because the way you figure out a cap is the amount of bonus in the contract is amortized, so it's spread out over the years, but all salary counts. So they'll do a restructure, and um, it's, uh, I mean, it's a tremendous amount of money, and it all depends on how you value contracts. Is, is it $46 million? Is it 50 You know, at a certain level, you're talking about fabulously wealthy and fabulously wealthy. <laughs> no question about it. Uh, Joe is is locked up for the rest of the decade. What's the quarterback market going to look like in a couple of years? With the salary cap only going up, with the infusion of gambling money really just now starting to hit the NFL, with new media deals just really now kind of kicking in, uh, what kind of coin are we talking about for QBs in a couple of years, much less by the next time Joe can get a contract? So this really finished out the sequence of the cycle because Mahomes did his contract, Josh Allen did his contract, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, uh, Justin Herbert. Um, and this sort of fills out um, what I would consider the top flight franchise quarterbacks. You'd throw Aaron Rodgers in there. And um, so... Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It, it, it will be a little while till the next contract comes up, but each contract will progressively be for more. In the midst of a crater uh, pandemic and a uh, COVID uh, crisis, Fox and CBS negotiated media contracts for NFL rights that went up 83%. Hmm. And so teams made a couple hundred million dollars last year. Eventually under that, they'll make 325. Remember, it's basically football is a cap sport, so the ownership gets 53% and the players get uh, 47%. So as the revenue uh, comes in, and as you said, it's coming from fantasy sports and uh, stadia with ancillary revenue streams is coming in every direction. Pro football, 81 of the top 100 uh, Nielsen-rated television shows last year 
or NFL football. So it's the first time in our culture that a uh, the most popular sports also been the most popular TV show. <laughs> so it, there really is not much that's going to derail this. Um, you, we just lived through COVID. Um, we've lived through a tough economy. And um, I, I asked your question about the quarter mark market. It'll, it'll go up. And at just that one position, you now have football players equaling basketball and baseball players in terms of contract yeah and that was a long way from happening before the last sequence yeah no no question about that uh the great lee steinberg is with us let me let me ask you this so the the bengals now moving forward they they got the burrow deal done one of the things i think everybody would have liked to have seen would have been a, a new contract with with t higgins as you well know the bengals don't negotiate during the season so t is going into his last year. He has an agent that also represents Jesse Bates. Uh, they couldn't get a deal done with Jesse. They franchise tagged him last season. Now he's in Atlanta. Uh, when when you're negotiating with a team and you can't get a deal done with one client, can it impair your ability to get a deal done with another client with the same team? Well, it can. Um and the very first client I ever had for Cincinnati was Pat McAnally, and there was no guaranteed collective bargaining agreement uh, back in 76, and I called Mike Brown up, and he said, we don't deal with agents. Click. <laughs> and uh, he hung the phone up. But, but then I had uh, their first-round draft pick in 1987 with Jason Buck, 1992 with uh, David uh, Klingler, um, 1990. Four with uh, Dan Wilkinson, 1995 with Kajana Carter, and 1999 with Achilles Smith. And I thought, oh, my God, if <laughs> I started representing astronauts, Mike Brown would be commissioner of the moon. <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, the Bengals can be tough, but with a great player, um, um, I suspect those were really reasonable uh, discussions, and uh, there wasn't um, uh, there was a mutual commitment to put it together. And uh, on on big stars, they, they they've been good in terms of uh, the way they negotiate. Uh, fantastic insight! I really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, the next time one of these comes up, we'll bother you again. Thank you so much, Lee. My pleasure. Uh, the great Lee Steinberg, uh, iconic sports agent. It is a uh, quarter to four. I quickly hear uh, local sports headlines. Uh, there's nothing of major significance. Bengals wise happening. Bengals game plan airs tonight, six to eight live on ESPN 1530. Uh, Reds and Tigers again tonight. Cincinnati looking for a third straight win. Last night they win in extra innings. They get great bullpen work and pretty much everybody around them lost. So they're a game out of the last wild card. Connor Phillips and Eduardo Rodriguez are uh, tonight's pitchers. Uh, the game tonight begins at 640. You will hear a live on uh, 700 WLW. In terms of the teams the Reds are trying to fend off, uh, the Cubs are three in front of Cincinnati for that second wild card spot. 
Uh, Cubs are playing in Denver today. They have played two. Chicago has a one nothing lead. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, the Giants and Guardians are uh, just getting underway in the top of the first inning in San Francisco. Arizona one up on Cincinnati. The Diamondbacks are in New York tonight to take on the Mets. And uh, Miami's a game and a half out of the last wild card. They are in Milwaukee to battle the Brewers. Uh, 14 away from uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, a couple of Joe Burrow questions next on ESPN 1530. It is uh, 7 away from uh, 4 o'clock. This is ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, our old friend Mark Shalafu is going to stop by for a few minutes. He is headlining a terrific fundraiser a week from uh, Friday. Former producer of this show and uh, obviously has carved out a, a terrific career as uh, one of the best stand-up comedians in the country. So I'm looking forward to that slight change of pace. We've got uh, Zach Taylor and Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow press conference audio for you coming up in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. And we're... We're going to talk extensively about Achilles injuries with one of the experts from Ortho Cincy plus Brenneman and Jones on uh, on baseball. Uh, good stuff from Lee Steinberg on Joe Burrow. Obviously, the, the focus this week is on Joe playing better than he did against uh, against uh, Cleveland. And, and quite frankly, uh, he can't play any worse. We have seen. In the last two openers, uh, Joe Burrow, in one game, turn the ball over a bunch, and in the other, just look bad. And to me, the thing that stood out more than anything else was just the look. How uncomfortable he looked. How shaky he looked. You know, in in the the five-turnover game, you could watch him and go, that's... He's making some bad throws and some bad decisions, but that's that's an A-lister quarterback. You wouldn't arrive at that conclusion based on how he played against Cleveland. And look, great players are allowed to have bad games. Maybe it's something as simple as Joe had a bad game. And then you add to it the weather. I minimize weather as a factor because it's football, man. You got you to figure out a way to work through it, whether it be from a player performance perspective or from a personnel usage or a, a change the game plan perspective. Tony talked about this a lot today. It never really felt like the Bengals said, all right, Joe Mixon looks okay. Let's maybe lean on him a little bit more. Instead, uh, they kept asking Joe Burrow to rescue them by throwing to the outside. And I joke about this, but I think it's fair, right? Like you, you hear what the weapons they have. Well, we're going to take what the defense gives us. Uh, at the same time, we're not going to let them dictate how we play. Well, it felt like they couldn't find anything that Cleveland gave them. Also, they decided Cleveland's going to take away the middle of the field, and okay, fine. And with the personnel they have, or with the personnel they're supposed to have, I, I just I, I wonder about that. Uh, was Joe hampered by the calf? He has not come out and said he's 100%, because he's probably not. Now, there's, there's a, a, a wide, wide range of possibilities for Joe where all the way over here is he is in so much pain that he can't play. And over here is he's dealing with no pain and he's 100%. There's lots of room on that spectrum. And so my, my guess is he's healthy and feels good enough to play, but he's still dealing with some discomfort and maybe he underestimated how much discomfort he would feel playing in a game. But if Joe Burrow dealing with discomfort is, if that's how it looks, that's a problem. My guess is that is not how it's going to look on Sunday.
All right, uh, a couple minutes away from uh, 4 o'clock. Phone calls are coming up, 513-749-1530. Our buddy Mark Shalafu is going to stop by in studio. A lot of ground to cover between now and 6, and Bengals game plan on ESPN 1530. They are in Milwaukee to battle the Brewers. Uh, 14 away from uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, a couple of Joe Burrow questions next on ESPN 1530. It's Dan Horde. Join Dave Lapham and me for Bengals game plan tonight, starting at 6 on the official home of the Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Exactly two hours from right now. Hi, good afternoon. I'm Mo Egger. Uh, this is ESPN 1530. Thank you for listening. Well, hope you're having a... Uh, an awesome Wednesday. Joe Burrow has talked. The, he's the, you know, he's the quarterback of the Bengals. Played a bad game the other day, uh, but they still make him talk with the media. You'll hear what Joe said in uh, just about 40 minutes. Brendan and Jones on baseball. I've got some Bengals good news. I've got some Bengals better news. And uh, we'll also chat with one of the experts from Ortho Cincy about both Aaron Rodgers and J.K. Dobbins who are dealing with uh, similar injuries. And uh, so, obviously, the Ravens, I was going to say they had to go back to the drawing board for their running game uh, on Sunday, but J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately, is always hurt, so I'm not sure they really do. But we'll get to uh, that coming up in uh, just about 20 minutes. Um, there is a, a very cool event. It's uh, the latest version of this event, uh, which has, has raised a, a lot of money, and I'm thrilled about this in large part because... Well, it gives me a chance to uh, have one of my uh, favorite people in studio. It's uh, it's a chance for you to go see one of my favorite people in person, and it's an opportunity to uh, raise uh, a lot of money. This is a dinner and comedy show. It's going to benefit St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. This is an event put on by my friends at Window World and Window World Cares. Laughter is the best medicine. It's a week from Friday at uh, the Newport Syndicate, and the headliner is a friend of this show because many, many years ago he used to produce it. My guy, Mark Shalafu. It's easy to be a friend of the show. Oh, you just have to put in years of hard work. That's what it is. It's not that easy to be a friend of the show. Yeah, it's you not have that easy. to be a producer for a year and a half right. and then go on to great success afterwards. And then have to make recurring appearances. Were Each you better bring, than the last. Where you bring your A game. Yeah. Yeah. There are people that have come in here with their C game. You don't even talk to them anymore. Correct. Let alone not on the radio. You don't, you'll cross the street if you see them walking towards you. I've had to have tough conversations with people that we've had on, and they'll say, like, you haven't had me on in a while. And you don't want to give them the true answer. It's like, yeah. There's a lot going on in the sports world, yeah. and you're boring. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, like, well, what you have, I have the same Bengals people on every single week, right? Well, you do the same people because they're good. Yeah, you get in the good people. Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sorry, everybody else that's worked for Mo that wants to be on his show. <laughs> you guys are trash. Well, and uh, there's people who have worked on this show, and then they don't stay in touch with me. They, they, frankly, they frankly can't wait to never talk to me again. You're the one that still sticks around. Oh, I bet there's still some people that wish that they could have that proximity to you. No. You know, you're like their most famous person they've worked with, which is sad for them, really. Yeah, but. I don't think that's the case. Usually people, when they leave here, they go on. We got a guy, James Erpine, did my show. He's got a book release party on Friday. Wow. Yeah, wrote a book. A book. <laughs> have you written a, a book? A book. I've contributed jokes to a book, yes. Okay, well, he's written one. His name is on it. I wrote jokes he in it. Some, My name's in it. He had, But his name is on it. He had somebody write the forward for him. He's got a book release party. A, so what do you got? A book. Well, yeah. I have a stand-up you got comedy a special dog that's and, streaming little right dog now. and pony show at the uh, syndicate. Yeah, okay. I'm just raising tens of thousands of dollars for St. Jude's Hospital. Tell me, where's the profits for James' book? Where where are those going? To James. What charity? Oh, they're just going to James. Okay, yeah. that's yes. very interesting. <laughs> well, one of us is doing selfless work, raising money for sick children, and the other one is just lining his own pockets off of the fame that he built working with you. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, Really? E- either way, I get nothing. I get nothing from you. you. You don't pay residuals. I get nothing from him, so it, it doesn't matter. That's true. But at least you get to feel a little bit of good karma, right, for helping spread the word about my show that yes. helps the kids. Yes. Whereas if you tell people about his book, that's just lining his pockets. Well, we already had him on this week to line his pockets, and, and now we'll try to help out the folks at St. Jude. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's, a, it's a comedy show, so you'll be up there telling your little jokes. My little jokes. <laughs> I'll be up there telling my my little skits uh-huh. and my uh, you know one liners. Yeah. Um, what's important is that ticket cost, which is a little hefty, but it is for the kids. That's how you sell it. it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a pricey ticket, I know, but it, it you know comes with a dinner and open bar. Yeah. And that's, that's important. That's the key, right? So you're just sort of like an ancillary little sideshow. The, the booze that's included is the key. Right. People are going to eat, they're going to cry, they're going to drink, and then I have to make them laugh after all of that. You know, typically you play uh, comedy clubs and they serve alcohol, but it's not an open bar, and so this could be uncharted waters for you. Well, I've done a, probably a few things like this, but it's a lot harder to kick a drunk person out of a charity show. <laughs> In a comedy club, if somebody is rowdy and they're ruining the show, they get the boot and they are just sent out of there quickly. Mm-hmm. You make fun of them and then they are just booted off the complex yeah. at a charity show. That's a lot harder because they've already given a few hundred dollars, maybe more right to the, to the poor kids. And, uh, you can't really be like, all right, you're interrupting my well-crafted stand-up comedy bit here. You got to go. Yeah. So you just kind of have to fight through that. It might be, it might be rowdy. So this is reason in and of itself to go because either you could watch an intoxicated person harass Mark and he has, he has, he has no power to do anything about it or, or you You could be that person, perhaps, where you go, you get liquored up, you hopefully don't drive, and you could say whatever you want to Mark, and they can't remove you because it's for charity. Right. And maybe I should get intoxicated, too. Fight fire with fire, you know? Just really turn it into a debaucherous brawl. Yeah. I like this idea. Do Are there comics who perform drunk? I mean, yes, of course there are. It is the entertainment (laughs) business. There are comics that perform on all sorts of substances. I am not one of them. I might take a drink on stage, but I'm not drunk. When I I like to say sharp, right? You you take those hecklers down and Mm -hmm. make them look stupid in front of their friends and family. The way you have the upper hand is by staying sober. 
Yeah, well, yeah. or maybe just a little bit of a buzz, mm. you know. I, I'll take a drink or two up there. They are free, after all, on the right? job. Yeah. If you if you were drinking for free here at the radio station, you might have one or two uh, without telling anybody about it, of course. I'm not going to say that that's never happened. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't see you drinking currently, so I'm not going to cast any aspersions on you. It's early in the show. We have we have to get to 6 o'clock. Right. It's usually once we cross 4.30, we start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it can be tricky in your position. You know, there are some times you might want a drink or two. I listened to a little bit of the show on um, my way in. Yeah. You had a, I loved, you had the, a sports agent on. Yeah. First question, excellent. If yeah. I was still your producer, I would have given you such high marks for asking really? a great first question. What's yeah. something that we don't know about the process? Six-minute answer didn't even touch the question. No, no. You didn't get into it at all. Yeah. Great question. He was ready to go. Minute. He was just wanted to talk about the Burrow contract, and so that's yeah, you sort of have to pivot to something else. Yeah, you could have yeah. said, hey, thanks for being on the show. What do you think of the weather? And he'd be like, well, it's a lot of years. <laughs> it's hard to find a franchise quarterback, you know? What was it like to be portrayed by Tom Cruise? Yeah, so the Burrow contract, the guaranteed money, like, wow, that's thanks so much, Lee Steinberg. Yeah, he had totally checked out. Yeah. But, um, you know, you did your part, which is impressive. I did. I did the best. I did the best that I could. So I go to this thing uh, next Friday. It's at the Newport Syndicate. September 22nd, yes. So it's a week from Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I show up, I eat, I drink as much as I want, and you're the headliner. Does that mean there's other there's other acts? Uh, no, it's just me. I'm the whole comedy show. Oh. I would love an opener to kind of take some of the drunken barbs that people will throw, but it's just going to be me for an hour doing my jokes, mostly keeping the crowd in line. We'll see how bad the heckling is. Right. But um, yeah, so do it you should get, be pretty you, you keep bringing that up. Do you get heckled a lot? No, but I also don't do a lot of open bar shows, <laughs> you know, especially for charity. Those things are, uh, you don't see that a lot, but um, I'm excited for it. I think right? it'll be fun. It's yeah. going to be a really fun show. It's mm-hmm. a good crowd that comes out to, to an event like this. And um, it's not, the syndicate's a nice place, but it's not like a hoity-toity bunch right. of rich people. It, it's a good, you know, salt-of-the-earth people that go to this. So I think there'll be a, it'll be a fun night. Highly encourage everyone to go. Are you going to be there? Uh, My uh- good friend? Well, hang on. We'll get to that in a okay, second. Good. When I think of Newport, I don't think of hoity-toity. So, okay. I mean, this is it's an appropriately uh, placed uh, venue for this I don't event. know how people feel about the syndicate. Some people might feel like it's uh, a little too I nice for stand-up to a, comedy. I went to a wedding at the syndicate uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah. It wasn't even a year. It was about 10, 10 months ago. It's delightful. Cool. It was very nice. Cool. I'm wedding. glad that you really clarified the date of the wedding. It was That's in October. Yeah, yeah, you had no, to know. No, it wasn't a year and a half. It was 16 oh, no. weeks ago. That's right. It could have been in 2004. Uh, I, but I, a wedding I venue know. is not always a great comedy venue. You know, it might have sure. been great for a wedding. Yeah. But um, big ballroom, you know, it's not mm-hmm. always the best comedy the, the, the environment. The common denominator are both open bar. So, yeah. So there you go. Uh, what time is the, the show? The show, I think the uh, the event starts at like six thirty or something okay. like that. And but what time do you go on? I don't. I think nine. So what happens 9:30? between six thirty and nine? They have a little program. There is okay. uh, somebody that has benefited from St. Jude's services that will speak, and okay. that's the crying part of the right. night. And then I think there's a live auction that happens right after she speaks, which okay. is good business right there if you're right. raising money. Yeah. And uh, and then I go on last because I make everybody feel good at the end of the night. So this I'm is, towards the end of the night. This is an event that happens every year. They have raised over a half million dollars in the history of this event. So you really do sort of have some big, big shoes to fill. Yeah, they've raised a ton of money and mm-hmm. they want this to be the biggest year ever, which is why they got me involved. Wise decision. <laughs> I know that they were counting on the, the Mo Egger show bump, which yeah. uh, they haven't had in the past, I don't think, knowing right. some of the headliners that they have are, are usually out-of-city people. So yeah. 
This is going to be big for them. Tenth year, they're trying to break six figures, which would be an all-time high for them. And, uh, you know, the Shallow fans are a little bit classier group anyway, so if I can bring some of them in-house and get them to open their pocketbooks, I think we'll get there. So tickets are 150 bucks, but it includes you, it includes dinner, it includes uh, open bar. Uh, there's also going to be a live and silent auction. There's going to be a split the pot. You're not eligible for that. Split Wait, the pot. I'm not. Does it say that on the paper you're reading? Uh, it's there's going to be a bourbon tasting. You're, oh, you're probably I'll eligible. Taste there's going to be a wine tasting, and uh, everything benefits St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. It's put on by our friends at uh, Window World. Where can people go? Or oh, you want me to do this part? What part? The part where I, where do people go to buy tickets? I was going to say they could Google Window World Cares. I mean, I think the website is something crazy. It's on Win- my Instagram. Window World Cincinnati. You could also call 859-594-4189. But the link on there, I think it might be tricky to find on Window World. That I don't know. I will, okay. But just reach out to you. Yeah. And- send me a personal message on my Instagram. I will give you the link. All right. So it's uh, it's a week from Friday. Yes. Okay. Very good. What time? Now, what time do you go on, on stage? Probably nine o'clock. Okay. All right. Uh, so it sounds like you'll be there, right? You're a famous person that loves to help children, especially the uh, ones that are in a tough spot. Remotely famous. I certainly would love to. I mean, you're to. the most successful sports talk show host in town. Not even uh, remotely by my close. metrics. Not even remotely close. Well, you don't know how I judge it. So. Have you been on with Lance? Have you told him the same thing? Why would I go on with Lance? I go with the top. That's oh. it. I Have go number been one. Been you're on number one. Tony Pike? Who? Okay. I don't know who that is. This is a week from Friday. Laughter is the best medicine. Dinner and comedy show. Yes. They get all dressed up for this because you're not, you have like wear a suit and stuff? No. No? I okay. Sometimes we'll wear a suit for a charity gig. This is not going to be that charity okay. gig. Okay. Uh, a week from Friday. And again, tickets will include open bar, dinner, live comedy, and uh, there's all sorts of other stuff too. Yes. And it's going to be rowdy. And I'm going to be excellent. And yeah. if I'm not, then I will get a new haircut. Just like Joe Burrow. People are excited about that. I know. It's all my wife could talk about. Uh, Have you seen his haircut? Well, the, the conversation quickly pivoted from Travis Kelsey is is apparently, quote, just hanging out with Taylor Swift. They're is not officially really? They're not officially dating. And so everybody here today was talking about that. And then suddenly Joe Burrow had a new haircut and that became the new thing. Wow. This is what it's come to. Yeah. Travis Kelsey's dating life, Joe Burrow's haircut. Yeah. Has has anything ever seemed uh, more uh, destined for disaster than Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift? That's not going to end well. No, there's that's no like chance. When, that's like when the Bengals signed T.O. But there might be like a fun Taylor Swift song about it. Oh, sure. If she starts what? singing about uh, like a jerk boyfriend with CTE or something, you what? know who that's going to be. It, when it goes south, there's going to be some good music out of it. There, there are, it's like when you see hired Tommy Tuberville and oh, you're like, yeah. all right, th- this is going to be good for laughs, but it's it's <laughs> this isn't going to go well. And the best part was the first day. I have the same feeling about this particular tandem who, again, they're apparently not officially dating. I also don't know how that world works anymore. I don't yeah. know when you're officially dating. I don't know how much time has to pass. But for the moment, they're, quote, just hanging out. Just hanging out. Yeah. Well, good for them. You know, I really hope that it goes goes well for them. And uh, if it's like the Tuberville thing, Taylor Swift will be did on to- him, Did you call him Tuberville? Tu- uh, uh, yeah, Tuberville. I did. Tuberville. 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 Sorry. I, uh, it, she'll go on to bigger and better things yeah. afterwards, just like UC did. Just like UC did. Well, they were after Tuberville left, and I think they're pretty good maybe this year. We'll find out. I mean, yeah. aren't they undefeated? They're 2-0, oh, yes. 
Can't be worse. Or can't be better than that, right? <laughs> that like, is correct. They've won everything in front of them. They go for a third win. They play Miami on Saturday. So, so you'll be, be at the show, is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I'll try to get to the show. Come to the show. Meet Mo Egger. Yeah. You. Uh. You. Your streaming special. What's What's up with that? Uh, I have a new stand-up comedy special on uh, Dry Bar Comedy. Yeah. It, is, uh, it got released this summer. We're over a million views already. Mm-hmm. So if you don't live within driving distance of Newport, Kentucky, to go to this show on September 22nd, or you have other plans yeah. that night and you just don't want to help the children, you can still see my little skits uh, if you subscribe to Dry Bar Comedy. Or I think a big chunk of it's on YouTube now. Yeah. Over a million views. It's done very well. Now, I used to go, when you first started doing this, I would go to, I would go, to go Bananas. Yes. And you were not the headline. Liner, you were you were the the MC. What do they call yeah, the, the host? MC. You were the MC, and you were the first guy. And then there was a middle guy. You were always good. The middle guy usually not very good. And then the, the headliner was always pretty good. Yeah. But uh, I would leave, and there would be the other comedians who had like albums would have to stand out with a little table and like hawk their CD. Yeah, and could try to get people to buy it. Now in the age of downloads and stuff, what is take like you don't have to do that anymore. Oh, I still have to do that. I still have to. <laughs> My career is not in a position where I don't have to do meet so and greets. So after the show at the syndicate, will you be standing outside? But what are you what are you selling people? So I'm not going to sell at a charity show because that okay. feels wrong to line my own pockets okay. on the way out. James and might be there with his book, though. Yeah, James will be selling books on the street outside the syndicate. If you have extra money that you didn't want to donate to a good cause but want to donate to a good Bengals reporter, then yeah. you can go give it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I sell koozies after shows. Now. Okay. That's my merch. You sell koozies. Yeah. Well, there it's more of a pay-what-you-want thing, because okay. sometimes you get a drunk guy that really enjoyed the show, wants to throw his money around, impress a date, that sort of thing. So he At he, a funny bone. He, to gives impress you all, a date, he buys a koozie. No, he'll buy a couple, and he'll give you a $100 bill. That's happened multiple times. Really? Yeah. For a koozie? Oh, two koozies. Wow. That cost me, you know, 40 cents to make. But they've got my logo on the back, a little funny thing on the front. Mm-hmm. You can't find that just anywhere. No. You know how hard it is to find a quality koozie these days? No, I don't because I have too many of them. Well, But, but I now, can use now, if I come to the show, you'll get me a koozie. Imagine a world that you're sitting in a comedy club, you've had a few drinks, you've had one of the best nights out that you can remember. You want something to remember it by... You get a little koozie on your way out. All right. So, uh, again, the show is next Friday, the 22nd, at the Newport Syndicate. Uh, Every dime raised is going to go toward uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. This is put on by our friends at Window World. You can go to windowworldcincinnati.com to get tickets or call 859-594-4189. That all checks out. Yeah. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, very good. 
It's good to see you. Yeah, it's always fun to come back in here. Yeah, and I, I know the dynamic of our uh, relationship has changed because, you know, when you were first launching your stand-up comedy career, you would call me and say, hey, I got to plug these shows, and now it's me reaching out to you. Yes. Hey, any shot I can get you, things have shifted a little bit. That's, I, I know. That's a good sign. But what's next is when I'm going to just pass you off to somebody. Hey, I need you to talk to my person. Right. You know, my people you, you will reach out. You just did a homestand up the road here like a month ago, and I thought, Mark will reach out. He'll want to come up. Nothing. Crickets. It's football zero. season for you. You're busy. Yeah, and so now I'm like, God, he doesn't need us anymore. He's so big. Now if I want him, I'm going to have to like grovel. I'm going to have to go through a publicist. And so that's almost what happened with this appearance. Yeah, you called me, and I wasn't used to getting a call from you at 10 in the morning. I thought, <laughs> Mo is ill. Something's wrong. I got to take this call. And it was to come do your show. And so I thought, you know, that's the right thing to do. Get the word out for the kids. Yeah. Uh, See, I asked- unlike other people that have worked on your show, I don't come on here to line my own pockets. So I could have come here instead to promote my shows to Go Bananas a few weeks ago. Right. But I thought it would be better, you know, save that appearance to come in here and help the kids mm-hmm. instead. All right. Just an idea. Yeah, well, you can. And help out the kids uh, a week from uh, Friday at uh, Newport Syndicate. That's right. Drink a lot of beers for the kids. All right. Very good. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on everything. Thanks you're, for having me back. You're killing I appreciate it. it. Of course. Anytime. Uh, next Friday, go see Mark. Uh, you're going to have an absolute blast, and you're going to help out a uh, just absolutely tremendous cause. It is uh, 24 minutes after uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, sports headlines are minutes away, plus Brendan and Jones on baseball. And Joe Burrow, you're the warm-up back for Joe Burrow. Nice. New haircut, Joe Burrow. New haircut, Joe. I wonder if he'll talk about the new haircut. It's a 24 after 4 ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. For redemption. Touchdown! Bengals! Joe Burrow and his orange and black men go after win number one when they face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Fight for the goal line! Touchdown! It's the Bengals' home opener. Showtime! And a four-quarter battle with Baltimore. That is... Dan Ward and Dave Lappin have the call. Bam! 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 Coverage begins tomorrow morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Got some good news from San Francisco. Guardians up 5-1 of the Giants. Uh, They have played two and a half innings there. Cubs led three zip. Now they're tied at three with the Rockies. That game is in the bottom of the fifth inning in Denver. Uh, We do this on Wednesdays. We talk injuries with one of the experts from Ortho Cincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And uh, one of the many things we love about Ortho Cincy is they've got specialists and locations all over the tri-state and... They offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care at five tri-state locations, and they have extended evening and weekend hours in Edgewood and Anderson. You can learn more at orthocincy.com. That's orthocincy.com. We're going to talk Achilles injuries because, obviously, what happened with Aaron Rodgers on Monday Night Football, he is done for the year. We'll see if his uh, career will continue. Also, J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately for the Ravens, uh, is out for the season with an Achilles injury as well. Uh, the leading foot and ankle specialist in our area is Dr. John Linz from Orthocincy. I I appreciate the time. Let's let's start with the basics. Explain what an Achilles tendon tear is. Explain what the Achilles tendon does. Well, the Achilles tendon is actually the biggest tendon in your body, and it is a the tendon is the end of the muscle that it connects to the bone. So the muscle that it connects is your calf muscle, and the bone that it connects to is your heel bone. And so it, its primary function is to push your foot down. So when you walk, it 
helps you push off when you run. It helps you push off. It helps you raise up on your toes. And so that's the main function of the Achilles tendon. Are there times where if you see an athlete go down as a professional that, that you have a pretty good idea that he or she is dealing with an Achilles injury? Uh, yes. I mean, you, you can kind of tell when their, their ankle gives out. And there's actually video of, uh, of uh, Aaron Rodgers' injury where you can actually see the Achilles snap. And, and you don't see that often, but you know that, that when they suddenly push off and then they go and grab their ankle and nobody's around them, uh, you know that oftentimes that's an Achilles rupture. And they usually give the same description. You go out and you ask them what happened. They said somebody either kicked me in the ankle or it felt like somebody hit them with something. Oftentimes they'll say a baseball bat and, and it feels like they got hit in their calf. And, and so that's a very common description. So when we hear that, we kind of have a pretty good idea of what's happening. So when surgery is required, as it typically is for a tear, how, how soon after the initial injury can the procedure be done? Uh, well, I'll tell you that, that you can treat this non-operatively. And in the general population, in, in older people that, is, that are less active, um, we will give them the option if they have medical problems or uh, if they just do not want to treat this operatively, you can treat it not operatively. But uh, most, almost all elite athletes, especially uh, professional players, are going to have this treated surgically. And, and you can treat it surgically um, anytime from the first 24 hours. I usually wait about 7 to 10 days to let the swelling go down, which just helps with the wound healing. Um, if you're going to treat it non-operatively, you want to treat it non-operatively as quickly as possible. We get their foot into either a cast or a boot with their foot all the way down to try to approximate the ends of the tendon. And if you can get those two ends together, which you can only get them together usually within the first five to seven days, um, then it can go on and heal, uh, which would be the non-operative treatment. But usually surgically, I try to wait about five to seven days and, and let the swelling go down. Um, some people will try to do it right away. So you go uh, to the operating table and you have the procedure, and then it's a long road back to an athlete to get back on the field or the court or wherever they perform. Uh, walk me through the timeline. Walk me through uh, the recovery process, the rehab, and the return. Typically, how long does that take? So it is a very long time, and that's, I will tell you that over the past few years, the rehab has changed enormously. I mean, if you look at, um, like, um, uh, Leon Hall, Leon Hall got back in nine months, uh, which was pretty quick. Um, uh, Cam Akers for the Rams, he got back in six months, which is very unusual. But just to give you a general idea about the um, rehab afterwards, so they're, they're initially, and every physician is different, so I will tell you this is not written in stone and everybody gets the exact same treatment. But uh, what I do is I put people in a splint for the first 10 to 14 days to let their incision heal and their swelling calm down. And then at two weeks, I put them into a boot uh, with heel lifts so their foot is down and I let them weight bear as tolerated. So at two weeks, I let people weight bear as tolerated. Um, they start doing some active motion down. 
with the elite pro athletes, they're getting physical therapy every single day. They're getting electrical stim, icing. They're taking medicines. Um, and then two weeks later, we take out one of their heel lifts, get their foot closer to the floor. And by six to eight weeks, we have their foot flat to the floor, fully weight-bearing in the boot. And then we take them out of the boot another two weeks later if everything goes well. Um, during that time, they can swim, they can bike, uh, they can continue to weight bear in the boot. Uh, but we get them out of the boot into a shoe with a heel lift, and they're gradually increasing their activity as tolerated. So we have them, again, doing cross-training things like swimming, biking, elliptical, um, all of those things, running in water, we're electrical stimming them, and then usually around um, 10 weeks, they're walking for exercise, and they can start running between running and cutting somewhere around 6 to 12 months. And that's a generalization, and it can be longer than 12 months because wow. every person is different and every tear is different. They're not always at the exact same place. Some are a little bit higher. Some are a little bit lower. And that may change exactly how their rehab goes. I would tell you for an elite athlete, um, you're looking the average recovery for a football player is six to 12 months to be back playing or longer. Wow. Um, even at that time when they come back, Mo, they still may have reduced strength, reduced endurance. Uh, and, and the rehab, because it's so long, just like an ACL, it's just mentally very grueling on them. Let me ask you specifically about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Dr. John Linz from OrthoCincy is with us. He's not an old person, but he is the oldest player in the NFL. He's going to turn 40 here in, in a couple of months. How much does his relatively advanced age potentially factor into uh, the treatment and the recovery? Well, there's, there's no question, and the, the studies show if you compare J.K. Dobbins to um, Aaron Rodgers, J.K. Dobbins has a much better likelihood of returning to a much higher level of functioning. I won't say re return to normal play, but a very high level of functioning. There's no question that the older you are, the less likely you are to return to a high level of functioning. And, and 39 for a football player, I hate to tell you, Mo, is old. And, and J.K. JK Dobbins is young. Yeah. And, well, and just, to give you a, just to give you an idea, yeah. um, the, there was a 2021 study that looked at, because people think, you know, everybody's going to come back from these. Um, there was a 2021 study that showed that almost 25% of NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and soccer, they looked at all of the major sports um, who had Achilles ruptures, 25% were unable to return to their prior level of functioning oh, or man. return to sport. That's a pretty high amount. Yeah, really. Um, I have two more. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' injury occurred on turf, and I've seen what players have said about that particular playing surface in New Jersey. With J.K. Dobbins, his injury was on grass. Is either surface more prone to causing any type of foot injury, any type of leg injury, but specifically an Achilles injury? Well, the turf, and, and again, it, it, there's no study out there right now that shows that turf or grass is better. But, but empirically speaking, you know, just, just by how things have gone in the past few years, 
you'll see that the players would much rather play on grass, and there's much less likelihood of you getting hurt on grass. It's a little bit more forgiving, whereas turf, the plastic of the turf, tends to catch the cleat more, and people have higher incidence of Achilles ruptures, at least empirically, on turf. But there's no study that shows that. But if you, if you ask the players, they would much rather play from that standpoint on grass. Uh, one more. You've convinced me I never won an Achilles tear, whether you're someone like me or uh, an athlete at the highest level. Are there things that we could do to avoid suffering something like what we're talking about? Absolutely. You know, um, prevention includes, first and foremost, um, conditioning and stretching, uh, because tightness of your calf is definitely one of the major um, predisposing factors uh, you need to vary your exercise. So people that just go play basketball all the time and never do any other activity are at much greater risk rather than if you were to vary the exercise, like cross-training. You know, one day I, I swim, I bike, I do elliptical. The other day I play basketball. Um, increasing the training intensity slowly. So instead of I'm a weekend warrior. The, the most common age, for, age range for Achilles ruptures is 30 to 40 males, five times greater than females. And so they work all week sitting and then they go play basketball at a really high intensity over the weekend. You need to gradually increasing, increase that training intensity slowly. Uh, you need to keep your weight down. People who are heavier tend to have a greater risk of, of complications. And then listen to your body. If, you're, if you get sharp pains in your Achilles, instead of thinking that you're still 15 to 20 years old where, you know, you can play through that pain, you've got to stop and let it rest. Tremendous insight. Uh, this is the most I'd ever thought I'd learn in one phone call about an Achilles. And, uh, God, yeah, I hope I never have to deal with this. This sounds awful. Uh, I appreciate the time, as always, doctor. Thanks so much. I hope you don't have to deal with it either, Mo, but I'll be there for you if you need me. I, I know. I know who I'm going to come see. There's no question about that. Uh, tremendous insight. We'll do it again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mo. Have you got day. it. You got it. Thanks so much, Dr. John Lenz from orthosensi.com. The awesome thing about orthosensi is they have specialists and locations all over the tri-state, including walk-in orthopedic urgent care during the week from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. in both Edgewood and Anderson. Uh, you don't need an appointment, which makes it so much easier and cheaper than a crowded ER whenever you have an urgent orthopedic injury. Go to orthocincy.com. That's orthocincy.com. Joe Burrow talks about the Ravens, his calf, and his new haircut next. Nine away from five, Brennan and Jones on baseball, uh, just a few minutes away. Joe Burrow talks just a short while ago. Here is the uh, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals on the Ravens, his calf and his haircut. How's your calf checked out after the game on Sunday? Yeah, felt good. Obviously a little sore, uh, but felt good. Did you hurt your thumb at all? I think a lot of people ask that you hurt your hand on first half. How did that No, I did not. You faced this Ravens defense plenty, but last year, all three games were close. Obviously, their defense looked different with the new defensive coordinator. What's challenging about going up against this Ravens defense? Well, they run they they run the ball really well on offense, so uh, it limits your possessions. And then, you know, their defense is tough, physical. They're very sound in their scheme. They do a great job of uh, sending blitzes at you that 
you don't see on, on tape before. Uh, they have a lot of great week-to-week game plan stuff, so you have to be able to, to adapt well to it. Uh, they got good players, good coach, good scheme. Uh, it's going to be a challenge. Joe, yeah. people are talking about the haircut. Um, for all the kids out there that want to get a Joe Burrow haircut, there's a bunch of them, uh, help their parents out. What is, what is a Joe Burrow haircut? <laughs> I, you're looking at it. I don't even know what to tell people. They just make it happen. <laughs> How do you know it's time to get a haircut? Um, when you have a game like that on Sunday. <laughs> There you go. Joe Burrow kind of kind of is self-effacing, if you will. He's he's got a new it's it's the old haircut, right? Yeah. He's got a new hairdo. We might have to spend more time on this. I have no idea. Maybe Richard Skinner has thoughts on Joe Burrow's haircut. We'll chat with him coming up at uh, 520. And I'll see if he's as conspiratorial about this uh, Lael Collins thing as as I am. Also, T. Higgins doesn't have a contract. I got good news for you if you're a Bengals fan. That coming up at 5.05. Plus, uh, a thought on the Reds, who are like alive and well to a degree. But first, Brenneman and Jones on baseball. All right, it's uh, 6 after 5. This is ESPN 15.30. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Hopefully you're having a uh, terrific Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Richard Skinner's going to join us in 15 minutes, and uh, we're also going to head to Baltimore and uh, find out about Zay Flowers and the issues he is going to cause for the Bengals. And Baltimore sacked C.J. Stroud five times on uh, Sunday. The Texans aren't very good at all. Uh, what kind of problems could that uh, perhaps improve Baltimore pass rush present to the Bengals? On uh, Sunday, 5 o'clock happy hour, a service of neutral vodka seltzer, perfect for tailgating. UC is home. The Bengals are home. If you're tailgating, come on, neutral. It's the one with the umlaut, by the way, available now in orange on top of classic clamberry, clamberry? classic cranberry, easy for me to say, and uh, black cherry as well. Let's uh, let's do a couple of things, get these out of the way. Uh, Bengals injury report, uh, Joe Burrow full go. Daxton Hill full go. Joseph Osai feels like he's inching closer to coming back. Uh, he limited. He's limited today uh, coming off uh, the injury that he suffered in that preseason game. Logan Wilson ankle on the report limited too. same for Chris Evans with a hamstring. Uh, no go for uh, Cam Sample in uh, Baltimore. Mark Andrews limited. No go for Marlon Humphrey. No go for Tyler Linderbaum. No go for Ronnie Stanley. No go for Marcus Williams. This on top of the uh, the J.K. Dobbins news. Uh, I, I want to get to Joe Burrow and T. Higgins here in just a second. We are scoreboard watching today. So the Reds win last night. By the way, nobody has called me today to talk about what a great job David Bell did with his bullpen last night. I was skeptical he brings in Daniel Duarte uh, in a tie game with a rested bullpen. He was terrific. So was everybody else in the bullpen last night. And they get a big hit from Tyler Stevenson, too. Here's what we're not going to know. Tyler Stevenson busted his collarbone last year. Tyler Stevenson was sort of, I don't want to say messed with, but, you know, he he was going to play some first base and DH, and they had this catching plan, which I was completely on board with. Offensively, for almost five months, Tyler Stevenson was at times a liability since mid-August. He has been terrific. He had the big hit last night for what it's worth. He is not in the starting lineup this evening. What we're never going to know with Tyler Stevenson, A, how much was he impacted by the fact that he was coming off significant 
injuries last year. B, how much was he impacted by the way they sort of yo-yoed him uh, early in the season? Um, and how much does it make sense to have a plan of more consistent use? By the way, Luke Bailey's been a terrific pickup. He's done a very good job as the team's other catcher. But Tyler Stevenson's the guy. He really has performed like the guy over the last uh, couple of weeks, and it's been uh, it's been great to see. Anyway, uh, Cleveland is beating the Giants uh, in San Francisco. It's 5-1 in favor of the Guardians. Uh, they are playing in the uh, bottom of the fifth inning. So with everybody losing that the Reds needed to lose last night, Cincinnati comes into play this evening, a game behind Arizona. The Diamondbacks play in New York against the Mets. San Francisco is a game and a half out, a half game behind Cincinnati. So far, so good there. The Cubs right now occupy that second wild card spot. They're two up on Arizona. Reds are three behind Chicago. Cubs lose last night. Chris Bryant beat them, uh, the former Cub for the Rockies last night. Chris Bryant today has scored three runs, and the Rockies have a 6-3 to three lead over the Cubs. Uh, the Rockies are batting right now in the bottom of the seventh inning. This is a game in which the Cubs had an early 3-0 lead. And so the Reds, as of right now, are getting some help. The question is, you know, and, and Marty and Tracy started to talk about this and then got off on a tangent, but uh, the Red schedule is eased up. Now, last night, Brandon Williamson was not great. Bullpen was. Tonight, Connor Phillips is going to throw against Eduardo Rodriguez, who is a guy that we talked about maybe the Reds trading for. Can the Reds win these games when they're running out their starters who aren't quite as proven as some of the other young starters the Reds have? And can they win bullpen days? Right now, they're going with a four-man rotation. Um... But the schedule is opened up. They're playing a bunch of bad teams. You got to win series. We said this yesterday. Win every series, split the Cleveland series, you get to 85 wins. I think, and I could be dead wrong about this, I think 85 wins is going to do it. Um, quickly here, the the T. Higgins thing, I, I don't believe is going to be a thing. I... I I never thought that the Jesse Bates thing, by the way, Jesse, uh, NFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance against Atlanta, folks wondered about, well, the Jesse Bates thing, is it going to be a problem? And by the way, in 2021, for Jesse's play, it was. For the team, uh, they made the Super Bowl. Was it a distraction for the team? I don't think so. So the T. Higgins thing, I think T's a pro. I think this is a collection of pros I don't believe this is going to be an issue for the team. I do think you're being fair. If you go, okay, wait a minute. If this is going to perhaps mirror the Jesse Bates thing, could it impact his play? I don't know. T didn't play great on Sunday. Neither did anybody else in the Bengals passing game. But as we talk about how things might unfold with T Higgins, look, they've got a quarterback making a huge amount of money. The beauty of that is uh, you believe so much in Joe Burrow that you're going to pay him the kind of coin that they're paying him guaranteed because we think we can win with this guy no matter what. We think he's one of those guys, and you hear it in Kansas City. Uh, no more Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, but they got Patrick Mahomes. No more Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but they got Patrick Mahomes. By the way, Travis Kelsey is hurt or has been hurt, missed the first game, going to be 34 years old. Yeah, but we got Patrick Mahomes. If you don't have one of those, yeah, but we got fill-in-the-blank quarterbacks, then you shouldn't pay him the kind of money the Bengals pay Joe Burrow. And we obviously all wanted the Bengals to go ahead and lock up Joe Burrow. 
When you have a guy like that, you don't have to do desperate things. Do the Bengals want T. Higgins? Of course they do. Would they like to give T. Higgins a, a fair contract that allows them to also keep Jamar Chase? I think the answer is yes. Do they realize that T. Higgins wants to, quote, break the bank and be maybe overpaid relative to what the Bengals are willing to offer? Yes. Uh, when you've got a guy like Joe Burrow, number one, financially, maybe you can't overpay, but when you have a guy like Joe Burrow, you also don't have to overpay because you're not desperate. Would the Bengals like T. Higgins? I believe the answer is yes. Are they going to be desperate to keep him? If this is like the Jesse Bates thing, the answer is going to be no. But how the season unfolds, how T plays, whether the Bengals win, how Jamar Chase plays, all could be factors in how we talk about this months from now. 14 minutes after 5 o'clock, no real light shed on the uh, Lyle Collins situation, and I I maintain this, and perhaps to a, a fault, uh, I say this not as a, a criticism of anybody. The Lyle Collins release was not shocking. Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. While Collins being cut when he did was. I, I find it harm to form an opinion about this until we see the backups play. Because Jonah Williams was the guy. Jonah Williams, I, I think they feel really comfortable with him at right tackle. The question is, okay, Lyle Collins was going to stick because he was going to be an expensive insurance policy. When the backups have to play, do they make you think, you know what, they should have kept Lyle Collins around? I, I just, and, and again, this is not a criticism. I, By the way, uh, Colorado has scored again at 7-3 Rockies, bottom seven. I, I, I just, I find it, a little tough to believe that this was purely business related. Hey, they suddenly realized they could save some money. They knew that two weeks ago. I find this hard to believe that suddenly they had this just surge of, of, uh, of faith in Deontay Smith and Jackson Carmen, who wasn't even active on Sunday. I just, my guess is there's something I have no idea. Uh, it, not that anybody has done anything wrong here. Just there's, there's something. There's something that suddenly compelled them to move on from Leal Collins. Could be dead wrong about that. Who knows? 16 minutes after 5 o'clock. I have folks who have been waiting on hold as we've been really, really busy today, and I, I do want to try to get to everybody. 513-749-1530. I, I greatly appreciate everybody who has waited. Richard Skinner from uh, Local 12 on a, a slew of Bengals issues next. 
This is Dave Lapper, and you're listening to the home of the Bengals, ESPN 1530. Bengals game plan is in 40 minutes. As soon as we're done on ESPN 1530 on Wednesdays, we spend time with our friend Richard Skinner from Local 12. He's on Twitter at Local12Skinny. You can read him at uh, Local12.com. What's up? How are you, Mo? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm great because I'm alive and I'm back from Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you made it back from Cleveland. I'm I'm glad you had a good time in Cleveland. I did. I always have a good time in Cleveland. So yeah. It's a fun city, actually. It, it's I, I didn't have so much fun in Cleveland, mainly because I was just there for the game. I got there late on Saturday. Yeah, but you saw a fun win with UC, so you you had your amount of fun on Saturday, so it worked. This is this is very very true. Am, am I being am I being too weird when I just I think there's more to this Lael Collins thing than just they believe in Jackson Carmen or they wanted to save some money. Nope, not at all. Especially because of the timing of it. Um, listen, you could have done this with Lael Collins two weeks ago, three weeks ago, last week. Um, I know you can argue, and it's been said that oh, this is tied to the Burrow deal, and you got to free up some money. They already accounted for it. Now I will say this: the Bengals do always like to have a lot of wiggle room when it comes to the salary cap. They like contingencies. They don't want to be caught short of, hey, we got eight guys hurt, and we had to go spend for eight guys, and we can only spend for six. So there's some of that to this, but at the same time, the timing of it um, is very, very strange. Um, the circumstances of it are very, very strange, and I do think, like you do, that there's way more to it than just, hey, you know, we, we just need to free up a little bit of space, and we're good with Deontay Smith and Jackson Carmen, which I think they are. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's way more to it than that because you know what? You were good with Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith two weeks ago before final cuts. Yeah. So I truly think there's something, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, off the field related. Um, you know, I, yesterday I made a snap judgment to a couple of friends and said, oh, they're freeing up money for T. Higgins. And then I'm like, no, all the reporting on Friday that they were far apart still holds true. So that's not the case. Now, it could mean rolling over money, freeing up money to roll into a, uh, you know, into a, to a uh, franchise tag for T. Um, and that's a possibility still, but I don't think this move had anything to do with it. I, I wish I could give you definitive information on why. I wrote a piece that just said, you know, Zach Taylor didn't give us much clarity. I reached out to, to Lyle's agent, Peter Schaefer. He did not respond to a text message. So I'm left to kind of wonder like everybody else is, of what was this about? But it wasn't about, in my opinion, Deontay Smith and Jackson Car- Carmen, um, you know, suddenly bolting to the top. Yeah, and I said to somebody earlier today, skepticism isn't criticism. I think, look, I'm, I'm skeptical no, right. that, yeah, I mean, it, I, the Bengals might have had a very good reason to move on. I'm just, I'm, I don't think we know what it is. No, I don't, I don't think we do either. And, um, you know, all the reasons we've laid out, you could have done all this last week. You could have done it two weeks ago. It, it, and it wasn't like suddenly, right or wrong, Jonah Williams on Sunday popped and you're like, hey, you're good. <laughs> uh, again, this is not a criticism but Jonah. I don't want to be that at all right. either. Um, I thought he was okay and he did fine. And, you know, uh, he did things that, that were good enough. But this had nothing to do with suddenly they went, hey, Jonah's great, we're good. No, there's way more to it than this, and I wish I had the information to give you on that because I don't know what it is. So everything about the performance on Sunday stunk, and you might say, okay, well, that's not reflective of who they are. If you thought this was an 11 or 12 win team before Sunday, I think you should still feel that way. But what about that performance is most troubling when you start to project ahead to this Sunday and beyond? 
I think the biggest part to me is how healthy is that calf? And I think the calf, the weather, the lack of time in camp, all those things combine to compromise Joe Burrow into his worst performance of his career. And it's literally the worst performance of his career statistically, passing yardage-wise and passer rating-wise. Is, okay, is this just a one-off because of the rain and because, hey, he didn't want to plant and run and all those things on a wet field and the ball was compromised? And listen, hey, Deshaun Watson was terrible too, and I can't make a judgment on him either because I think the ball was compromised. So it was compromised both ways, for goodness sakes. Um, so I, I, I want to see Joe in condition Sunday, which seemed to be pretty good. The weather looks pretty good. I think yesterday they were talking about rain, but I think that's going by the wayside. Um, I want to see what that calf looks like in those conditions. And so that's where I, I'm just going to withhold judgment and just take this as a one-off. And listen, every team has a one-off, maybe even sometimes a two-off every year. Uh, you can argue Josh Allen's performance on Monday against the Jets was a complete one-off. The Giants' performance maybe against the Cowboys, probably not when you give up seven sacks and 40 <laughs> points, but, but that might have been a bit of a one-off because I do think that's a playoff-caliber team that just laid an egg. Um, so that's where I, I go back to. I'm just kind of flushing that game until I see otherwise. Now, if I see otherwise in a perfect weather condition, um, you know, that's not to say they don't go maybe win a game 19 to 17 because Baltimore is really good, their defense is really good, and the game gets short because of possessions. Um, but I, I can't see back shoulder throws come when he's trying to throw a fade, or a fade come when he's trying to throw a back shoulder. I can't see those kind, of, and I can't see when he scrambles him deciding at the last second, here, Irv Smith, you take it. I don't want it like a game of hot potato. I can't see those things because then I think you're still compromised, and how long are we going to have to watch you play compromised? Uh, so I, I think that's the biggest part for me. I don't think he's 100% by any stretch. I think he kind of alluded to it again today when he talked to us, that it's coming along, but it's not there. So where is it? And we're going to maybe find that out on Sunday. Uh, I can't wait. We'll do it again next week. Thank you so much, as always. You bet. It's our guy, Richard much. Skinner. You got it uh, at Local12Skinny and Local12.com. 29 minutes after uh, 5 o'clock, sports headlines and uh, info on uh, how you can help a cause that is uh, very important. Coming up on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Time for redemption. Touchdown! Bengals! Joe Burrow and his orange and black men go after win number one when they face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Fight for the goal line! Touchdown! It's the Bengals' home opener. Showtime! And a four-quarter battle with Baltimore. That is Coffindale! Dan Ward and Dave Lappin have the call. Bam! Bam! Bam. Coverage begins tomorrow morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Uh, Bengals game plan 30 minutes away. This is ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger. Uh, Reds and Tigers tonight, about an hour and five minutes away. Uh, Cleveland continues to lead San Francisco 5-4, top seven. And uh, the Cubs continue to trail the Rockies 7-3 in the top of the eighth. See, I, I would have hit the post there had they actually been singing. Um, you, uh, you, you heard me, I would like to think you heard me talk about this maybe, uh, two weeks ago. Our, our, my friend, my, my colleague, my, my mentor, the, the person, when I started my radio career, my first full-time job was with this man, uh, the legendary Jim Scott, uh, from 700 WLW, uh, announced on his Facebook page that, uh, he has been uh, diagnosed with ALS and he is living with ALS. He is playing golf. 
Uh, I was lucky enough to have lunch with Jim uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to try to make that happen again very soon. So, uh, but but he he made this announcement. It had been a while coming, and there has been an outpouring of support and uh, and just good vibes being sent Jim's way, which is is awesome. Uh, and Jim, being uh, the kind of person that he is. Uh, he made his announcement uh, to coincide with an event that is coming up on Sunday. And yes, the Bengals play at one o'clock, but uh, this is going to be happening on uh, Sunday morning. This has been going on for years. The walk to defeat ALS. It's at uh, Winton Woods Park and uh, the walk is at 11 a.m. And so you could you could walk. You could uh, help support people living with ALS. You could walk in. Uh, in an effort to help beat ALS and then uh, go watch the game at uh, at one o'clock. And I, I, I wanted to bring on uh, Casey Bolin, who is uh, Jim's son, and uh, and just talk about the event, how you can help, what you can do. And if you can't make it on Sunday, how you can uh, still contribute to uh, to Jim's cause and Jim's team. It's good to have you, Casey. What's going on? Hey, Mo, it's, it's like pre-gaming. So you're going to be able to get there, <laughs> do the walk, Still get to the Bengals. He watched the Bengals game in a bit. So, yes, registration's at 9.30 a.m. It's at Witten Woods, and then the walk is at 11. All right. So this is – I've I've participated in this before because I, I have folks who – uh, who have have had uh, ALS, and I, I they've they've had family members, and we've walked to support them before. So this event has been has been going on for a while. But but for those who are maybe unfamiliar, give people an idea of what's happening on Sunday. So it will be at Winton Woods. It'll be at 9:30 a.m. It's it's two miles. So that's going to be the length of uh, the distance that you're going to be dealing with. Uh, but the weather, the forecast is absolutely mm. perfect. So it, it's a great event to get out. If you cannot make the event and you'd like the ability to support my dad or ALS, uh, you can do so either at his Facebook page or, you know, this is great, there is a phone number that you can text to. So you would text the word Jim to 53555. Again, that number is 53555. You text the word Jim. And the link will pop up, and you'll have the ability to make a donation. Very cool. All right, so you can go and participate and be among the walkers. or And, and it's worth mentioning, it's a walk. So if you're like, God, I don't want to get up on Saturday morning and race anybody. No, this is casual. It's a walk. It's easy. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's a leisurely activity. This is just really about having a good time for a good cause. And, uh, you know, Mo, you know, I know you know my dad. This, he's, one of your, he's one of your favorite radio people. Uh, he certainly thinks highly of you, and you're a great friend. You know, when he chose to go public with the ALS, this was – it was not an easy decision. And But I, I think as he reflected and thought about his time here in Cincinnati, and he even mentioned this in his Facebook post that – Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What really inspired him, I think, to, to go public was just thinking about the support, the generosity of the greater Cincinnati community. And, you know, he came in town here in 68 and outside of one year, 50 plus years of the ad experience with so many people in the community, so many charities. It really is a tremendous town. It's just another opportunity. And I think he's had a platform. He's loved using that platform to, to make a difference. And this is just another opportunity. It, this just happens to be a case where personally it impacts him with AOS. How is he doing? You know, he's doing well. His, his spirit is tremendous, and he's just got a wonderful attitude. His attitude is strive to thrive, and it's just been great. And he doesn't slow down. That's the thing. It's, AOS is slowing him down some, and he just has to be careful and safe about it. But we've played a little golf this summer. Um, his one arm is pretty much gone, but that's not stopped him. He's got a regular group on Wednesday on the west side he plays golf with. And, uh, and, and we've had a lot of fun. And, and he does it one arm, though. Yeah. It's just been amazing. And, and, and he has informed me that he can still beat me with one arm. So you know, there, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, honestly, you know, we, we joke about it, and it's like I, we, we've always joked over the years when we played golf, how many strokes do we give each other? And, and you know, and, and, and boy, you know, I've, I've given a few more this year, cause I, but, I, but he doesn't want too many. He still wants it to be competitive, and, uh, and we've had a blast. So um, I, I have to, you know, ask you this Cincinnati question, though, before we wrap up. Though. Yeah. So, Mo, where did, you, where did you go to high school? Scott High School in Taylor Mill, Kentucky. That's right. That's right. So, I, so the question always is then, did, did, did my dad, did Jim Scott ever close your school? Did he you did. ever hear him do the school closing? So I think of this as an opportunity, I guess, for the community. If he's ever had an impact on you personally or someone you know, he closed <laughs> your school. He was involved in a charity auction. He gave you a Grippo bag. Yes. That's, that's worth a couple bucks right there. Yeah. I mean, no. the kind of luck that you get with the Grippo bag. Exactly. I mean, you know, it, and it's really true. You, you think of you think of all the events. You think of all the, the causes. You, you think of all the times that he has uh, shown up in the middle of uh, a very, very busy schedule. You, you talk about him closing schools. So, you know, my first job – I'm 20 years old. They say, well, you're going to run gym show. The first snow day, I said to him, like, this is this is bizarre. Nothing else about that had been weird until the first <laughs> snow day. And then here I am listening to him close the schools, and I'm standing right next to him. So uh, you're right about that. But, no, he's uh, Jim has – has meant so much to this community, and and that goes above and beyond just spending you know four hours on the radio every single day. And so you're right, uh, as as a way to sort of honor that uh, folks can be there on Sunday or uh, contribute. So let me make sure I have this right. You could text Jim to five three five five five, and uh, and you could donate, or if you want to register, you could just get there at nine thirty on uh, Sunday, and the walk is going to start at eleven a.m. You got it. And again, another great opportunity to bring the community together. And uh, Cincinnati's just been a wonderful community and supporting 
so many wonderful organizations over the years. Walk to defeat ALS Sunday, Winton Woods Park. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Give your dad my best, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Thanks so much. Will will do. Thank you, Mo. All right, uh, you've you've heard me you've heard me talk about my career. You've uh, you've heard me talk about uh, you know the the folks that I have had the uh, the pleasure and privilege to work with and work for. Uh, I I love Jim to death, and uh, I I more than anything I I would love at some point in my lifetime to to see that we have figured out a way to to completely eradicate ALS, and uh, that would. That would that would needless to say be awesome, and and maybe this can go a a small way toward not just getting rid of ALS, but helping and supporting people who are living with it, like Jim is. Uh, we'll go to Baltimore and uh, talk about the Ravens next. This is Dan Horde. Join Dave Lapham and me for Bengals Game Plan tonight, starting at six on the official home of the Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN fifteen thirty. I got a uh, poll question on Twitter at Mo Egger. Thanks to uh, Baxley Tractor, it's about uh, the least likely outcome involving four different scenarios: Bengals winning the Super Bowl, Reds winning the World Series, UC qualifying for the college football playoff, or uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift living uh, happily ever after. Vote now at Mo Egger. Kyrie Thompson is with us. He is uh, one of the hosts of the Believe in Ravens podcast on the Believe Network. Does it with uh, former Ravens uh, tight end Daniel Wilcox. I-, I appreciate the time, Kyrie. Let me start with this. Uh, Ravens win week one. The The result was what we expected over Houston, 25-9. The-, the game, I think, for the most part, played out the way most expected. Uh, what went right for Baltimore? What went wrong? I would absolutely agree. It played out more or less the way that you would have figured. It's week one of the NFL season, so to an extent, everything, anything can happen. The, the Texans hung in there, I would say, but ultimately this held true. The offensive line for the Texans was injured, a bit beleaguered, and the Ravens came after them, and particularly young quarterback C.J. Stroud, who I think handled things relatively well under the circumstances, but it was just too much for, for that offensive line, for that roster to really withstand on the defensive end. And then offensively, the Ravens, it wasn't the greatest game for Lamar Jackson. I have some thoughts on, on why that is, but Zay Flowers looked like an absolute star. I mean, yards after the catch, nobody could tackle him, nobody could cover him, and then they were able to control things on the ground. And, and again, with the short field and continually, you know, forcing the Texans into, into you know, punting the ball, they just had the ball all game. And so in the end, eventually you're going to break through under those circumstances. So the Ravens got in and out largely the way you would expect. So a few weeks ago, Baltimore and Washington play like the greatest preseason game of all time. And the big preseason game winning streak comes to an end. I didn't care so much about that. I cared about what I saw from Zay Flowers in brief glimpses during that game. I know you're a huge fan. Give us an idea of what he's going to bring to this Baltimore offense. Juice. I mean, just pure, unbridled, unfiltered juice. I mean, coming into the draft, people were really focused on his size, right? He's like 5'9", 180 pounds, 183 pounds. He's, he's strong for his size, but people really fixated on that, and that he didn't have the, the upside that other, other guys might have because they were bigger. But when you watch him play, he goes hard every single route. He's quick. He's shifty. He's aggressive. I remember talking to him at his pro day at Boston College, and he just talked about having an attacking mindset even when he's going against air. He is envisioning 
going after someone. So you can imagine when he gets on the football field, hmm. he is trying to do damage. And every time he has touched the ball, it, it seems like he's making somebody miss or he's running past somebody. And it seems like he just gets more confident every single time he touches the ball. The other thing is it's not just the screens and the downfield routes. They're handing this guy the ball. He was the best offensive player on the Ravens in week one. And I think they're only going to continue giving him more opportunities to show that he's among the best offensive players on the team. And that's saying something when you've got Lamar Jackson. Uh, you mentioned Lamar's performance against Houston, maybe not quite as sharp as the Ravens are going to need moving forward. Why do you think that is? Some of it is first week in a new offense. Remember, they switched offensive coordinators from Greg Roman, who was really run heavy and emphasized the tight ends a lot, to something that is a little bit more downfield. It spreads you out, throw it on the field with Todd Munkin, you know, the former offensive coordinator down in Georgia. So I think there's a little bit of acclimation that has to happen. The other thing I would point out is that Lamar Jackson did not have one single designed run in week one. And now you might look at that and say, well, you know, they want to preserve him a little bit because you, you don't want to be taking a whole lot of unnecessary hits. But Lamar Jackson's really good at avoiding those. I think some of this was, you know what, I don't think we're going to have to do that this week. Let's go ahead and, and focus on the passing game, focus on getting the base offense in. I think that once they start opening up the playbook and letting Lamar Jackson run a little bit more, I think that's when you might start seeing Lamar get more comfortable as a passer. Sometimes with these dynamic talents at quarterback, they need to run a little bit. Obviously, you want to win from the pocket. You want to be able to pass the ball. You don't want to get hit. But Lamar is, is a unique kind of player in this league, and I think once you start letting him get engaged in the game, be the hammer and not the nail back there, I think you're going to start seeing some better performances. Kyrie Thompson, the Believe in Ravens podcast, find it on the Believe Network. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the defensive side. So Cincinnati plays Baltimore three times last year. The first time was before Roquan Smith joined the Ravens. The second time was that Week 17 game when he had like a billion tackles. And I remember watching that going, I'm worried about him wreaking havoc in a playoff game. And obviously they play in the playoffs he really didn't have a very good game in that playoff loss to the Bengals. So, obviously, first full offseason, he and Patrick Queen are a terrific linebacker tandem. Give us an idea of the impact you expect from Roquan Smith this year. Well, I think you saw it a little bit in week one. Both Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are tremendous blitzers. They are very, very difficult to handle when they're, when they're coming downhill after the quarterback. And they have such good instincts when a quarterback breaks the pocket. They can, and then they've got the speed to chase you down. And so, you know, Joe Burrow is obviously a, a master at navigating pockets and, and making subtle moves to make you miss. He's not necessarily someone who's going to run around in circles back there. But you know, if he if he steps up in a pocket or he steps around, he's going to have Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith bearing down on him most likely. And the other thing about Roquan Smith is. He's a, he's a bit undersized, I think, for your traditional downhill thumping linebacker. Though he's he's got he's got some underrated explosiveness to his game. What you really like from Roquan Smith is ability to recover. That's or, or to cover. That's something that he was very good at, even dating back to his college days in Georgia. So he's really more of the the new age linebacker that that could make things difficult in the passing game. If you if there's any one place that you feel like you could probably exploit him at is that if you run downhill right at him. 
and and try to take advantage that way. But then again, you got Patrick Queen, and you have a good safety group in particular. I mean, Marcus Williams is probably going to miss a little bit of time here, but you've still got Kyle Hamilton who, who can play anywhere and really do anything. So they have the the ability, I think, to cover most most people <laughs> that you want, uh, especially when they have Marlon Humphrey, whom they don't have. Now, that could be somewhere that the Bengals could could take advantage. Yeah, no question about that. Awesome stuff. They'll play again in November. I'm sure we'll bother you then, man. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Kyrie Thompson, part of the Locked On Ravens podcast. Again, the game on Sunday at 1 o'clock. You will hear it live on ESPN 1530. We are done. Tomorrow on the show, our buddy Danny Cannell talks about the 2-0 Bearcats. Looking forward to that conversation at, uh, at 545. Don't forget Cincy 360 tomorrow at noon. We return at 3.05. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. Bengals game plan is next on the home of the Bengals, ESPN 1530 Cincinnati's Sports Station. It's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often.